It seems like you hear about it more and more these days, the great resignation, quiet quitting, uh, people rethinking their jobs and what they do since the pandemic. And uh, companies are scratching their heads trying to figure all this out, how to save money, how to retain their employees, how to increase profits and productivity, while at the same time keeping their employees uh, happy and wanting to stay. So I had a great conversation with the global HR manager with ABB, April Whitson, and on her new book, The Stage Challenge, uh, about how companies can line their values up with their employees. And uh, she has some great insight as to how to increase an employee's happiness, uh, willing to stay, stick around a little longer, and feel valued. So sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy part one of my conversation with April Whitson. Welcome to the Scott Townsend Show, brought to you by Dietzo Man Productions. Better communication, asking the right types of questions, understanding your employees' appreciation language. I'm a fan of, of the, the five love languages in my personal life, and I really appreciate the five languages of appreciation as well. Um, and so really helping leaders to understand that everybody needs to be appreciated in their own language is very key as well. And, um, and then how do you grow and develop those employees that want to grow and develop? Do you even know what their, what their plans are, where they want to go next? Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that in a lot of cases, not everywhere, but in a lot of cases, companies tend to promote leaders based on their technical experience or how long they've been in that particular transactional job and sometimes less about their leadership skills. Hey, this is Scott Townsend. Welcome back to the Scott Townsend Show. And today I have with me a good friend and an HR guru, April Whitson. April, how you doing? I am good, Scott. Thanks for having me. How do you feel being a guru? You know, I've never heard it put that way. I try to call myself an expert from time to time just because <laughs> it's important, right? Um, I've put a lot of years into this profession, so yeah. I have the ability to, to say expert. But guru is fun. That's a fun yeah. word. So you and I have worked together before, full disclosure. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, you... Your background, just a quick rundown, uh, Cessna and then Amazon and then ABB, uh, all in the HR realm. Uh, and it's, so now yes. you're like you're global HR, like that sounds like something from a video game or something, you know, <laughs> Bowser from uh, Mario Brothers. Yes. <clears throat> She's global. Uh, and uh, and, all, and also now you're, uh, you know, starting off with... Uh, a new endeavor, an employee experience and workplace culture expert, and you're stepping out into the world of book writing. Yes, I so am. What, and that's what you're here today for. So let's uh, yes. go right into it. The first question I have for you, like I ask everybody, is what do you have for breakfast? I had two pieces of cinnamon sugar toast. Hmm. That's good. Yes, I haven't had cinnamon sugar toast in a long time in my Well, I haven't youngest, either. You know, my youngest son was home 
um, a while back and we got, somehow we got on this topic of cinnamon toast and, and I used to make it for them when they were little and I, they, my youngest is 26 now. So it's been a long time. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I was like, I should get my cinnamon sugar shaker out. It hasn't even been out of the cabinet in so long. And so it was kind of a reminiscent morning. I reminisced about what it was like to make cinnamon toast all those years ago for my kids. And yeah, uh, yeah. And With lots of butter. Lots of butter. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it was good. All right. So now, uh, so now we're talking about uh, you're you're working on this project, uh, the the stay challenge. Yes, um, this is something near and dear to your heart. Uh, I know from having worked with you before. Uh, this is a kind of a passion project, and tell us a just give us a little rundown on the the stay challenge. What is the stay challenge? So, it definitely is a passion project. Um, having spent as many years as I have in the HR profession, I have both my own personal experiences with employee um, retention, my own retention, my own happiness in the workplace, as well as just watching a number of our employees um, struggle with workplace happiness and their ability to go to bed on Sunday night, looking forward to that Monday morning at work. In my experiences, I've worked in the past in jobs where, you know, getting ready for bed on Sunday night was dreadful because I knew that when I woke up, I had to start my next uh, week of work and I wasn't looking forward to it. And that is just draining. It's draining on my mental well-being. It's draining on my productivity. I'm not as productive in, in in, in that type of a situation. Before we continue, the best way to support the Scott Townsend Show is by telling friends, family members, and becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Scott Townsend Show. So, yeah, we uh, have awesome perks, personalized videos, personalized episodes, all kinds of cool stuff at different tier levels. Patreon allows us to do the show full time, part time, anytime. So thank you so much for your support. Hey, Scott. Paul here from Castify Outdoors. Just wanted to say thank you for featuring me, not just once, but twice on your show, which is awesome. Always really enjoy our chats. Congratulations, brother, on three years. Keep up the great work. Thank you. This is Nolan Townsend. Uh, It was a pleasure to be on Scott Townsend's show this year. It is full of good vibes, keen insights, and good times. Shout out, Scott Townsend. Why do I want my employees to be happy? And what does that mean to be happy? I don't yeah. understand. I don't sure. understand what that means. Yes. Are we going to get lollipops and popsicles and, and whatnot? I'm being silly now, but what, what does it mean for an employee to be? How do we know they're happy? What are we? Right. Yeah. So great question. So, um, and it's a, it's interesting. You bring up like popcorn or you said, you didn't say popcorn, popcorn came into my mind because we have popcorn in our, in our location, Um, but uh, popsicles, et cetera. It's not about, it's not about the pizza party. Those things are important. I, I think that it is important to give people a break from work. I think it's important to recognize them in, um, in various ways. And if that means you have a special, 
you know, you have the ice cream truck show up at the factory and you, you provide ice cream one day to recognize and thank them. That's great. And I think those things are very important, but it's not about the pizza party. It's not about the ice cream truck or the popcorn. Um, it, it goes deeper than that. And, um, and, and so it's really building a, a culture of happiness that allows the employee to feel cared for. So first and foremost, I'm going to be happier if I know that my direct line manager um, and the organization care about me. I don't do want know to that? mess. Uh, well, me personally, I know that from my own personal experiences working in an environment where I was just a number versus working in an environment where um, my direct manager took an interest in me and my um, my dreams helped me to pursue my goals and wanted to see me grow and develop. So I know from my own personal experiences and then through um, my connections on um, in the workplace. So with um, employees from all generations too, might I add. Um, so I, I do some mentoring of um, employees at various points in their career. So early career people, um, later career people. And in those conversations, when we're talking about like what keeps you here, when I when I do what I what, I, what we call a stay interview, or I have a conversation with them about why do you stay? Um, most of the time, the answers revolve around some form of care. Somebody cares. Somebody is showing that they care. Um, and so it's really being able to demonstrate that leaders need to be able to demonstrate that. And that happens in different forms. There are people who very much appreciate and feel cared for when they do get maybe a pizza party. Um, but it's more about is the company recognizing the work that I did and the value that I brought to the organization. And that's why they're bringing in, you know, a lunch for everyone. Um, some employees need to be, um, developed. They want to have a constant development plan. They want their leaders to be very involved in growing them as a, a professional, as an individual contributor, as a leader. And so it's about making sure that you're having um, the right plans in place for those types of employees. Um, there are some employees that are very content with the job they're doing. They don't necessarily want to grow, um, but in the end, they still want to know that that person cares about them. Um, cares about them as a person, but cares about them also in respect to how they're performing and what types of behaviors they have at work. So being able to have good conversations, which is where ultimately my book really takes you is how are you having, um, how are your one-on-ones? What types of conversations are you having? What kinds of communication do you have with your employees? Um, we hear all the time in engagement surveys or um, even on LinkedIn surveys and things like that, that communication, communication, communication can never communicate enough. And ultimately, um, you having been someone who spent time in, in Marcoms and understanding the, the how to communicate, it's it's the content, it's the material, it's the questions you ask, it's understanding, and then it's taking the data, it's collecting all of that information um, and doing something with it and how we communicate that back out as well. And, and so that's a piece where I feel my message to leaders is really focusing on um, driving towards that better communication, asking the right types of questions, Understanding your employees' appreciation language. I'm a fan of, of the, the five love languages in my personal life, and I really appreciate the five languages of appreciation as well. Um, and so really helping leaders to understand that everybody needs to be appreciated in their own language is very key as well. 
And, um, and then how do you grow and develop those employees that want to grow and develop? Do you even know what their, what their plans are, where they want to go next? Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that in a lot of cases, not everywhere, but in a lot of cases, companies tend to promote leaders based on their technical experience or how long they've been in that particular transactional job and sometimes less about their leadership skills. Mm -hmm. And then we tend in our organizations, we tend to not grow them on the leadership side. We tend to not develop them and give them proper leadership training. And so they just know transactional. They just know technical. They know how to you know, maybe they know how to read a PL, and the most important things they talk about are revenues and orders and profit. Um, and that's what they're really driving towards. Or they know what their KPIs are, and that's the easiest thing for them to talk about with their teams. And so they talk a lot about the KPIs, about where they're headed, um, but less about that employee and the value that that employee is making on the KPIs or the PL. And all that's important. I mean, that's it's very important. Yeah. Absolutely. So those conversations do have to be had. Absolutely. Are you asking me to be best friends with my staff? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I, in fact, <laughs> quite the opposite. Um, I, I'm always telling telling leaders, you know, please don't connect with your employees on Facebook. Um, it's it's <laughs> really not it's really not the, the smartest thing to do to, to, to connect with people on, on that type of social media. LinkedIn is fine. You know, it's more of that, that right. professional platform. But Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, it's it's probably best not to um, connect with them because you need to have that balance between, um, you know, boss, if you will, what I, I would prefer to say leader um, mm-hmm. and manager versus friend. Um, because in a, in a good one-on-one conversation, for example, you're going to talk about the person you're going to talk about how they're doing. You're going to understand where, what's their, their well-being. How are they doing? How is the stress levels? How's the family? Um, you can ask these types of things because you should care about those things. We should care about um, the things that are going on in our employees' personal life because we can't shut it off. There, there was an old, old saying you needed to check that hat at the door. That isn't reality anymore, that whatever's happening at home, whatever's happening in our personal lives, it's going to impact us at work. And so we need to be aware. We need to be, um, we need to care. And so as a leader, we need to be caring enough to ask and check in and make sure things are going well. But in that same one-on-one, there should be a section of that agenda where we're talking about performance. We're talking about how we're doing against a project deadline, et cetera. Um, and then we should be talking about what's next for them. What are their career aspirations? Where are they headed? Um, so, you know, you, you kind of get into this, this uh, routine where the one-on-one definitely talks about how we're doing as, um, as an employee, but then we balance that with how are we doing as a person? And, by just asking questions about how your how your family's doing does not contribute to you being their best friend. There's a line that has to be drawn there. When you're unpacking the 101, the one-on-one is to find clues to things that are that are important to the employee so that you so that you what? So that you can uh better identify with them or expose hotspots that might be out there that you're not aware of. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so, 
I mean, an employee might have an idea about uh, doing business a better way, which I think, and I think that's totally, absolutely right. I mean, if you want to know how to do your business better, just go to the people on the front line. They'll tell you because they do it all day. Um, right. And then when they come to the leader and say, hey, I've got this idea. And this is where the suggestion box gets such a bad rap is they provide an idea. Uh, uh, and maybe it's a half, half-baked idea, but maybe it's, Maybe there's a grain of truth in there somewhere. Not every idea is a good idea. You just have to know that. But there's even if it's a bad idea, to appreciate the contribution the employee is making and let them know that, you know, maybe maybe we can do that later. Or, you know, here's the reason why we're not going to do that. I'm just be upfront with you and real. I'm not going to sit there and go, good idea. You know, we'll look into that. When you know good and well, you're not going to. Just tell them I'm not going to because it doesn't make any sense. But a lot of times, employees have good ideas. What do you do with the good ideas? And then no one acts on that idea. Then it yes. makes you feel like you've, you've not been heard, that you're not valued, that you don't know what you're talking about, that this is above your pay grade. And yeah. there you go. There's there's Absolutely. my rant. Yes. No, it's very, it's very true. And I think one of the things that leaders, um, what I try to really encourage leaders to do, too, is to think about... Um, the employee culture that they're creating. I mean, they are an employee as well. As a leader, you are an employee as well. And so reflect as well on your own um, happiness, your own um, situation. And if, if it's not where you want it to be, then you should be asking why and what are the things that I'm missing? And then am I doing those things for my employees? Because oftentimes we we emulate, we replicate the behaviors that are kind of bestowed upon us. So if our leader is treating us one way, we tend to treat our people the same. It kind of trickles mm-hmm. downhill, if you will. And so, um, and then the other thing with um, with really just knowing your employees and caring about your employees, there's a couple of other things that happen. We tend to learn a lot about and employees' values. We learn about their beliefs. We learn about their purpose. If you have, um, you know, for example, in 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 through through the pandemic, we lost a number of female employees in uh, nationwide, uh, likely globally, but I'll speak only to, to the nation. But we lost a lot of women in the workplace through the pandemic. And coming out of the pandemic, there's still a, a large number of women who have opted to not go back into the workplace. And some of some of the the things that we hear um, in talking with some some people, I have some some friends who have not returned back to the workplace, and a lot of the issues and a lot of the reasons revolve around kind of their values, their beliefs, their kind of purpose, and and why they're here. And during the pandemic, people had opportunities to kind of reflect on those values, those their their purpose in life, if you will. And, um, and if the company's values or the company's purpose is not really aligning with where they want to go in the, in, in, in life, then they're not going to join, they're not going to be joining you. So one of the things that I like to tell leaders is that it's really important for you to pick up on those things when you're having conversations with your employees around what is it that's important to them? What types, and if you're having conversations, you're checking in and you learn that, you know, at, through conversation that they have, two children at home and, um, you know, that maybe you pick up that their, their number one, their number one 
purpose is to be the best mom they can be or the best dad that they can be. Um, you pick up on those types of things and then you have to understand how is the culture that you're establishing in the workplace for that type of person to thrive? Are you expecting you know, them to be workaholics because you might be a workaholic? Are you allowing a flexible work environment where that, that employee feels empowered enough to be able to get their work done, but not so structured that they have to be um, you know, clocked in from eight to five, if you will, are we allowing some flexibility? Um, do we have situations where, um, moms or mothers in the workplace, or even fathers who have opted to stay home as well? Are we looking at flexible, the flexibility of doing a nine to three shift as opposed to a full-time shift, let them take their children to school and pick them up from school. And we still can get some great valuable, um, work and, and experiences into our organization by being more flexible. So again, if we know, if we spend the time knowing our people and knowing where their passion lies, knowing what their values are, um, by just checking in with them, um, we, we can create those cultures that are definitely going to drive a more positive employee experience, which is going to keep them wanting to come back. Um, it'll keep them going to bed on Sunday night, excited for Monday. The Scott Townsend Show is a Dietzo Man production. For more episodes, visit the Scott Townsend Show YouTube channel, listen on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Janet, to Akidumin and Nalri Falka Katifika Kabla Tariri Lmanarot.